like the most fun of that I've, I've ever had. Yeah, like just like rock climbing in Zion with my friends who were also at, at Gateway. I like look back at that and I really just like think like that was like pure fun and the pure and the purest fun feels the healthiest. Episode 378, Tom Anderson learns to conquer his drug addiction at age 17 by focusing on adventure and the outdoors. This episode is sponsored in part by Kennedy Pet Food. You know your dog is the best part of your adventure, and a great way to keep him happy and healthy is by feeding him the best pet food. That's why you need to check out Canada Pet Food. Canada is an independent and family-owned pet food company who uses the same care and the same quality ingredients they want for their own pets when making their pet foods. Check out Canada.com slash podcast. You're listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 Tech. We talk with adventurers from around the globe to bring you the inspiration and motivation you need to get started in the outdoors or to keep you moving if you're already there. Hey guys, this is Travis. I wanted to start out today's show by thanking our two latest patrons. We have Brittany and Bowen that have joined up. These two, along with the rest of you, are ready and primed to get our premium content that starts rolling out on Friday. We're excited for that new edition. Those of you who have been thinking about it but haven't become patrons yet, please do before Friday so you can keep up with all the new content that's going to be behind the Patreon paywall. Thanks for joining, guys, and now on with the show. I have a special show for you today. Thomas Anderson. He's in California, and he has a remarkable story, a story of how the wilderness healed him. He is 17 years old still in high school, looking forward to graduating next year. And a couple of years ago, his parents sent him to a program called Elements to help with substance abuse, and it worked. Going out into the wilderness made a huge difference, and Tom is willing to share his remarkable story with us. So, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the Adventure Sports Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, man, it takes guts to... uh, I don't know, to be a 17-year-old who's willing to tell a story. It takes a lot of guts. And I know your heart that you want to share your story because you know how much it can help others. And so just straight out of the shoot, I want to say thank you on behalf of me and thank you on behalf of the listeners and especially on behalf of the people that are going to hear this and be encouraged and hopefully get the help that they need. So thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, man, we've got to hear your story. So you're 15 years old. Your parents realized that something needed to be done, and they sent you to a program called Elements. So fill us in a little bit. What was going on in your life? So pretty much, uh, I was 15 years old, and I had a pretty bad substance abuse issue. Um, I definitely was going down the wrong path, really came off the rails, you know, had, you know, like lost hope. I kind of had given up on school. I was being very disrespectful and very defiant with my parents and with everybody kind of like who's trying to help me. Like my, like they put me through um, a few smaller, less time consuming programs and nothing really worked. And so, yeah, like uh, they were really at a loss and they found out about elements and they, yeah, I made the decision that it would be the best option to get help. And it ended up being the best option. So how long had you been involved in substance abuse, just roughly? I had just started sophomore year, like when I went to Elements. And I had started, you know, doing drugs and kind of becoming more defiant and becoming more one of the, I guess, like, yeah, kind of 
troublemakers when I was, you know, seventh grade. So that's kind of really where, you know, I really started my downward spiral. Mm. So you were, you were a good three years into this anyway. So this was, this was no small thing. Yeah, no, yeah, this is uh, definitely, yeah, it, it definitely was something that, you know, had been going on for many years and my parents, you know, just didn't know what to do. Wow. Again, thank you for your candor and for sharing with us your story. What kind of flipped the switch for you? So you went to this Elements program. Why don't you tell us, first of all, what that is? Sweet. Yeah. So a wilderness therapy program is a program that takes troubled youth with, you know, yeah, like uh, substance abuse, um, you know, depression, anxiety, other addictions, eating disorders, you know, the, the list goes on. But it, yeah, it really takes, you know, youth who are yeah, struggling in life and puts them out into the wilderness um, and kind of like shows them the therapeutic aspect of being out in nature and also, it also challenges them. You know, I, as I like to think of it, it really breaks you down. They they definitely use the kind of elements of, you know, like no pun intended, but like they definitely use the elements of nature to kind of challenge you and break you down and then build you back up to become the best person that you are to make healthier choices. Wow. So it sounds like the program is, is uh, carefully thought out and orchestrated. But how much of this would you attribute to just getting into nature? How big of a part was that? That's a great question because I think it really was a good experience because it took me out of my element at home. It took me out of, it took me away from all that distraction that that was at home. We were many, many miles from any civilization. We were we, we were really out there, and we were nomadic. We was out in the San Rafael swell. And um, so pretty much every day we, we, you know, broke down camp and um, packed our stuff up and hiked around. And so, yeah, I got to I got to see like a lot of cool things and, you know, have, you know, have a really good like experience getting in touch with nature. It was definitely well over 50 percent of being out there and just like I didn't go into like a building for 14 weeks. I didn't like listen to any music. It was definitely, it felt very pure. It was definitely a very pure time in my life where I could just really, yeah, really just like redesign how I wanted to live my life and, you know, more importantly, redesign myself. Wow. 14 weeks is a long time, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it And it might take a long time to, to kind of reboot, you know? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. And uh, I just want to tell the listeners, I kind of know the end of the story, and we want to get the details from you about how all this transpired, but the end of the story is that you've been clean for a long time now, and you're looking forward to graduating from high school and going to college, where you say you want to study in psychology and in outdoor recreation so that you can become one of these wilderness therapists. So you're one of the success stories, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, like, yeah, I definitely... um whenever I tell people my story, like I definitely am, I definitely re- refer to myself as like a success story. Cause I, I think I really am one of the products that wilderness therapy should really, you know, is like, is designed to do. Mm. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you questions about what you personally went through as you went through this wilderness therapy. Cause I think that might help people to understand why it works and what its potential is. Yeah. 
what did you think when you first got there? Your your folks tell told you you're you're going, dude. And then yeah, you know, you show up. Now you went to Utah to do this, so you're even yeah. away from home as well. Mm-hmm. A couple of states removed. So what did it feel like when you first got there? My parents, like, yeah, it was a very like last minute decision for them to send me there. And um, they knew they, you know, they had a suspicion that I wasn't going to go willingly. So they, um, they hired a transport service where they took two big burly men to kind of in quotation marks, escort me there. And so that was, that was a pretty weird experience. And they took my shoes and they handcuffed me and they were like, and they were like, yeah, we can use physical force if you try to, if you try anything funny. And uh, so that was a weird experience. And then we got to the Salt Lake airport and they drove me four hours like around four hours into Huntington Utah where like elements offices and so they kind of just like dropped me off and I was greeted by I didn't know at the time but what ended up being one of like the the people who to drive me out to the field and he yeah he's a like an older man and he he um he you know yeah he worked with with elements and they told me to like take off my clothes and they gave me these like plain like red t-shirt and some like cargo shorts or like that like can zip into pants and they gave me like a big backpack and that and it was packed with like a sleeping bag and some food and like a like three Nalgene water bottles and then they then they drove me two hours just into the wilderness and they dropped me off and I was like looking around and I just like saw these tarp shelters I like everywhere like they were kind of like tents made out of just like tarps right and and they gave me a tarp and yeah, I was greeted by uh, a wilderness staff. And like the first thing I remember was just like how smelly he was and like, and like how, <laughs> like how much he just like reeked and, you know, and yeah, again, like I, I like looked around and, um, and I, and I just like thought like, Oh, like, like what have I gotten into? So yeah. So like my first three days, so I, I should start by saying in a wilderness therapy group, there's about five groups in elements, but each group is like, it fluctuated, uh, between three and nine people. So I got there and I saw the group, um, but I actually wasn't allowed to talk to the group because they had phases there, like kind of different levels. And you do, you you do certain therapeutic, uh, work to, 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 to get off each phase and move to the next phase. And that first phase, you can't talk to anybody. It's called acclimation. And so I was told by the staff that like, I, I, I wasn't able to talk to anybody and that I had to like stay by myself and stay secluded from the group and, and do the assignments that I was given. And it's called the student book. So like already, like I was like angry cause like I'm a pretty social person and I wasn't able to talk to these, to these kids who were my age that I was like looking at. And I was like kind of having like a panic attack and, and like that first night was like very weird because I was in a sleeping bag on the ground and like under a tarp and it was like super cold and and like and also another thing is like all over there was just like cow poop everywhere because like (laughs) they have like wild cows out there and I was sleeping on cow poop and I was dirty and definitely those first few days were were really tough for me wow I can't imagine I have to go back to the two big burly guys who grabbed you and said we're going somewhere what did you think because it would that would have been enough to put most people into a, a quasi panic right there. My parents had told me that like they were coming. Yeah, I was still just like, okay, like I'm I'm leaving my parents with two people I've never met before. And yeah, and they told me I was going to go to Utah, like out of state, like on an, on an airplane with these people who I don't know. 
it was like yeah it was definitely a pretty you know scary experience but wow. i think like in retrospect i'm glad that i i had those two guys there because i probably like in the mind that i was back then not willingly had gone yeah i used to work with uh, inner city kids a, a fair amount and i would take him into the wilderness and there's a dynamic that I noticed that was really pronounced, and that was that a lot of kids that are struggling a little bit, they, they develop coping mechanisms, and part of that is distracting themselves, constant distraction. And so that might be, you know, the way that they carry on with their friends. It might be uh, music that they, you know, I love music and I love friends, but they would use the music to make sure they didn't have to deal with any of their baggage. You know what I mean? And yeah. They uh, it might be television, it it might be drugs, but they they use a lot of different things to stay distracted. And man, growing up is tough. It's hard for everybody. I don't care who you are. Everybody has to go through a lot. And when you get these kids completely removed from all those distractions, away from what they're used to, their comfort zone, so to speak, and you put them into an environment that's brand new and different, then suddenly they start unpacking that stuff on the inside. And I've seen it over and over and over again. I get it. You got to pluck someone out of their routine and out of their distraction sometimes so that they can yeah. begin to deal with the, the realities that they need to deal with. Was that your experience? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I definitely felt as if I was, yeah, I was taken away from all the distractions, everything that every negative coping skill that I had was just like stripped away from me. But at the same time, I was put in this place where there, I was surrounded by so many, so many positive coping skills. Like, mm. you know, like once I was able to interact with the group, you know, I was able to, you know, talk with kids who were from different places. You know, like I hadn't really been exposed to people who were from outside of California before. We would we used to hacky sack a lot, which is I still hacky sack to like to this day. Um, yeah, yeah, and we, yeah. Like the hiking was actually super cool because I got to just see, you know, things that we'd never get to see being a, a kid from California. So yeah, like I definitely felt as if, yeah, all those negative coping skills were just like, I didn't have them there. So I had to develop new ones. Well, did you resist the program at first? Were you, were you wanting to leave and wondering how, how long yeah. you're going to be stuck there and all that? To be honest, I was pretty scared from the other kids in the program. I had heard of these kids who, you know, going to these programs after um, wilderness and like, they'd be there for like two years and stuff like that. I definitely missed the program, but um, this is like a little funny story. Like I, I tried sending my parents like, cause like we, we had to write your parents a letter every week. And I tried just sending these like little messages in, in the letters to my parents, kind of SOS kind of like messages <laughs> in code. Come save me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like in one letter, I like, I darken like certain letters to like spell out like, yeah, like save me or like, or bring me home or <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I definitely like try to do it. But later on when I, when I brought it up with my parents, like they had like no idea. And then like I used to have a pet snake that died way like six years ago. And, and I remember like putting at the bottom like, oh, like, please feed the snake. <laughs> yeah, it was like kind of like a save me kind of message. Like I was like hoping that like my parents would be like, oh, like something's wrong. But like my parents were just like super confused. Like so yeah, I don't know. It was, it's kind of like a funny story. I definitely wanted to leave. I was kind of hoping that like my parents would just get sick of me of like not being at home and then pull me from the program. But, but yeah, that obviously didn't happen, which I'm glad it didn't because I definitely learned a lot of things. And I'm glad that, you know, like I didn't leave the program early. So 
I definitely work with the program the whole way. But I think as the weeks went on, it got more and more genuine. Yeah, I can see that. I was going to say, how long did it take before you were kind of with the program? You realized, no, something good's going on here. It was definitely like six weeks to, yeah, like it was definitely it was like that six week probably for me was the the changing week of, of where I was. I'm going to really change, like make changes in my life. Describe what the days were like. You're So you're in the wilderness. You don't even have a tent. You're using a tarp, which I prefer a tarp myself, so I get that. Yeah. Um, but you, you hiked around and did activities and, and worked through a, a student book of some sort. But what were these days like? I guess like a day in the life would be, and they wake you up by like a general like yell. Like the group that I was in was called group two. So, they, so like they would yell like, good morning, group two. And then say they would announce if we were going to go hike today if we, or today was going to be what we would call the rest day where we just kind of chill out at a camp. So if it was a hike day, we would have to pack up our tarp shelters, uh, get our shoes on and, and pack our bags. And that was timed actually. And if we didn't make the time, we would have to eat breakfast in silence. So like after that, we would go into the main camp because uh, we slept separate from our regular camp because, uh, because just because of issues with you know animals and stuff like that, because there's normally food at the main camp. Right. And then and didn't want, you know, animals coming up to us when, when like when we were sleeping. So we go back into the main camp and we had um, every single breakfast I like I ever had there was grains and oats mixed with powdered milk. I never want to eat like oatmeal again. It was just like <laughs> it's like I for 97 days I had <laughs> I had oatmeal. So, yeah, so it was the same breakfast every single day. So once we had breakfast, we would clean our cups with dirt, which actually cleans like silverware super well, actually, if you're ever camping. And then and then we'd have to break down camp. And the whole thing that Elements kind of like bases themselves around is low impact camping. You know, kind of like it's kind of like the leave no trace that like the Boy Scouts have. And but like they were like really, really, really thorough with it. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it was like leave no trace to the extreme. So like if we had a fire the night before, we would have to like it was called crushing and sifting where we where we would take the ashes and we would crush them like with the rock until it gets super thin. And then we would take a bucket with holes at the bottom and sift. And I, we would have to walk around and we and we would sift it. And it was so tedious. And like the whole purpose of that was the way that like they kind of judged us on on whether we left camp you know, in an exceptional way was, you know, like if somebody went there, they would never know that humans had been there before. It's kind of like how it's like kind of like what they were basing their judgment off. Mm. Do you think that there is an ulterior motive too? Taking care of nature is a big deal, obviously, but could it be that they were trying to teach you guys that there were things worth taking care of? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I was actually thinking about that today because I think it that actually really helped me with like my life skills. Um, kind of like now, like whenever I leave a classroom or whenever I leave a room, I always make sure that like, okay, like do I have everything? Am I leaving this place? better than I left it before. It's like the mindset that I'm in now because I did it for so long where I was like, okay, I need to leave this place better than I came to it. And it definitely was a big metaphor for just like cleaning up after yourself wherever you go. Mm. So then you would eventually get to do a hike. How how far would you hike on the hike days? On average, it was it would take pretty much like the whole day. We would have these big backpacks on us. And we so we, yeah, we'd be carrying our sleeping bags, our tarps, our food, 
group food and also pots and pans that we used to cook in. And we would hike, I want to say like six to 13 miles every day. Like it was a very like it ranged, um, it definitely ranged, but I think it, it definitely, yeah, it definitely was around that. Man, that'll get you in shape. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I definitely saw a lot of kids lose, lose a lot of weight there. Wow. I've heard a lot of people who are distance hikers talk about hiking as, as kind of a meditative or therapeutic experience because you're just walking and looking and walking and walking and looking and there's not a lot to do besides sort out your thoughts. Did you find that to be uh, true in your case? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, um, cause you know, like when we were hiking, like a lot of talking happened in between, you know, like the staff and each, each kid. And, um, but yeah, sometimes we would just do like, yeah, mindful hiking where we would just be silent and just like observe. Yeah. I definitely think that it was really, you know, like, yeah, really therapeutic for me. Just again, I got, I just got to see things, you know, that were like almost out of like a Western movie. It was so cool. Yeah. Mm. You said it was probably around six weeks into the program when you realized, no, this is doing something good for me and I'm on board with it. But then you were there for another eight weeks after that. So how did you progress? Yeah, I guess a big thing that I worked on there was leadership and just like assertiveness with my peers. Because, you know, like in addition to everything, they, they, they have you do these exercises within the group with each other that are that are definitely life skills at a microcosm. It's like we, we would have like a leader for the day. And that person's job was to, you know, like assertively make sure that everything was going to get done, that we packed up camp in, in a you know timely manner that and that we you'd go around and check for trash and um, and make sure that people like cleaned up after themselves. So I, I think definitely like that was like the biggest thing that I progressed in. But the list goes on. I mean, I definitely just kind of like learned, you know, self-love, self-care, eating well, sleeping well. And then, yeah, just like kind of looking at my life in a positive light. Those are all skills that like I just like I learned there and they definitely showed me a healthier style of life. You know, it's about breaking old habits, but it's also about replacing them with new ones, right? The healthy ones. And that's what you're describing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like to kind of like expand on that. If we were good as a group, like every two ish weeks, there would be a guy he, he would come out and we would do rock climbing, you know, only if we were if good as a group. And I like I was like looked forward to rock climbing and rock climbing actually was something that I pursued after that. I use like rock climbing and mountain biking and all those different types of things as like as like a positive outlet to, you know, frustrations that I have in my life. You know, like, yeah, again, like I, I think that I use those kind of sports to cope with life in a positive way. And I really think that mindful cognitive pattern of, of using those as a coping, as a positive coping skill started at elements. Mm. Wow. As I'm sure you know, from listening to the adventure sports podcast, some of the safest and best snow conditions for backcountry skiing of the whole year happen in the springtime. And Bentgate has the gear you need. Come check out the latest in Alpine touring, Telemark, NTN and splitboarding gear. They have brands like Black Crows, DPS, Dinafit, G3, Icelandic, K2, Technica Blizzard, Arcteryx, Mammoth, Solomon, Vole, Neversummer, Jones, and BCA. And you do need to be safe out there. Bentgate has the latest in avalanche safety gear. They have beacons, airbags, shovels, and probes, and they're ready to help you educate yourself on snow safety. 
They also rent out gear, so you can get your skis and your boots there, as well as your avalanche safety equipment. What's more, they also have free demo ski days at local resorts, so you can try out the latest gear. Now, how much fun does that sound? So swing by Bentgate in Golden, Colorado, or go to bentgate.com to find your new gear, as well as to get updates on all of their events. Dogs make the best partners for outdoor adventures. Good food keeps your dog happy and healthy for those big days. So feed your pets Canaday. Canaday is an independent and family-owned pet food company who uses the same care and the same quality ingredients they want for their own pets when making their pet foods. In keeping with their commitment to pets and their people, Canaday has taken the first steps at Canaday Farms to getting involved in growing the ingredients that they use. Go to Canaday.com slash podcast to try Canaday for free by requesting a free sample and you'll get other special offers too. That's C-A-N-I-D-A-E dot com slash podcast. Again, that's Canaday.com slash podcast. So what do you think? I, this may be an interesting question for you because you're just going to have to kind of guess. But what do you think your parents were going through during this time period while you're away? Yeah. So, I mean, like I've talked with them like a lot about that. And yeah, like they'd always sit down at dinner with my sister. I have a, I have a younger sister. They'd always sit down and they'd always be wondering, like, what is Thomas doing right now? Like, what, or they call me Thomas to them. I'm known as Thomas. To my friends, I'm known as Tom. Like, they would sit down at dinner and kind of be like, oh, like, I wonder what Thomas is doing now. You know, like, I know that they were always constantly thinking about me and they really, they really missed me. But yeah, I think, I think it definitely was really hard for them to have me not at home. You know, I think they definitely missed me. You know, like, only having letters to your son, I think, is really tough. And, you know, I missed a few family kind of get togethers. You know, I, I was in wilderness for Thanksgiving. It definitely was definitely hard on my parents, but I think it's, it was definitely worth it because as a family, we are so much more happier mm. than we were two years ago. So it was not just healing for you, but healing for the entire family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause like my parents also had to do assignments. But yeah, I think something that people kind of guess wrong about these programs is that you, know, you, you just send your kid off and they come back perfect. But I, but it actually isn't like that. Cause I think in order to keep your, your son or daughter healthy, you need to be doing the equal amount of work that they're doing. And like, yeah, so I mean, like they weren't physically right alongside me doing the work, but they were at the same time that I was working on myself, they were working on their, on, on their self. They were working on their marriage. They were working on how, how, how they could improve home life. And so, yeah, like it was definitely an equal amount of effort on the whole family. Wow. You know, it would take a lot of commitment. You know, I have to say it. Your parents loved you a lot, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I, I wish I had seen when I was you know, going through all of that because I think, yeah, what elements did for me was really like have me like acknowledge that, like, and even just like acknowledge the fact that like my parents, like, I think like when a lot of kids get there, it's like, oh, like my parents sent me away from home because they don't want me at home. It's like, no, like your parents sent you away you know, and didn't necessarily send you away. Like they, they gave you a gift. And I think like for a kid in wilderness, their parent, their parents sending them there isn't a gift. It's like they'll, they'll view it as like a power move or something like, something like that. But with everybody who I've caught up with from my wilderness group in retrospect, they all think it's a gift. And and like, I really think that my parents loved me. So they, so yeah. And, and they, but they just like didn't have the resources at home to support me. And I, and I think that they did the right thing by, by, yeah, by sending me to elements. That's quite the story, man. So <laughs> how'd you graduate from elements? 
how did they wrap it up and say, okay, you're there. Now what? So, so I think that I don't want to like, you know, I guess like kind of be bragging, but I think that I actually moved through the program quite quickly. I think I made a lot of progress a lot quickly than, than my peers there, because I think that, cause from the start I was pretty much willing um, you know, like I had, I had some episodes of, of, I just didn't want to do it, but like, I think, uh, you know, looking you know, in the grand scheme of things, I definitely worked out yeah, my whole process there. My, so my parents came out for a visit and I was, um, and it, so yeah, you get, you get one parent visit throughout, throughout your stay and, um, and your parents get to like, kind of like see how you live and, and you make their food and, um, and you make their fire as well. Cause that's also, that's also like. Another thing that um, that that I learned out there was bow drilling, which um, which is like making fire using uh, like just like sticks and stones, like literally. And it's like and it's like the sticks and stones you find and you carve by yourself, like like in order to 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 make a good bow drill set to make to make a fire. Yeah, like and they and they sleep with you on the ground and you make a tarp with them. So my parent visit was kind of it was definitely very, um, very strong kind of like bond with my parents because I hadn't seen them and six seven weeks but yeah like back to your question they i was like i remember i was talking about how how excited i was to be at home and um my parents with my therapist there had told me that i wasn't going to go home after elements that i was most likely going to go to um, a residential treatment center afterwards which is like an aftercare program which is a and it's a it's it's a place for kids to go after a program like elements you know, if they need, if they need to continue the therapy and that, and that, that was definitely my case. I think that I definitely worked through a lot of things, but I also needed a longer term sort, sort of care to kind of re- for it to really stick with me. So actually for about around like four weeks, I was just at elements kind of waiting for my parents to choose a, a, a residential place for me to be. And also I was waiting for, uh, for a, a, a spot to open up. Knowing that I wasn't going to go home was really hard because, you know, I'd already been away from home for, you know, quite some time. I was just thinking like, uh, like, like that was like my main goal then was just to get home. Um, so I was really upset. But um, but my parents sent me a letter saying that I was going to a place called Gateway. That's in Draper, Utah. And that was a, a residential treatment center that, uh, that actually that it offered. It, was kind of, it felt like it was an extension of, of Elements because it offered an outdoor program where, you know, during, during the weekends, they would take the kids skiing, snowboarding, rock climbing, hiking, canyoneering, kind of all that stuff. And, you know, and, and more, you know, like, and and they would kind of like all that outdoor adventure stuff. So once I got the pamphlet for gateway, I was, I wasn't as upset, but I definitely, you know, but it definitely was a, definitely felt like a loss on my part because I wasn't going home. I, yeah. So I waited in wilderness for, three-ish, four weeks for like first slot to open up. And then in December, I, on December 21st, I think it was, I like, right, it was right before Christmas. I left Elements and um, my parents told me through a letter and then I had a session with my therapist and, and he told me like, yeah, I think you're ready to leave and I think you're ready to move on. And he, and he said, yeah, like I, I, I know you're upset about not going home, but I really hope that you take what you learn at Gateway and and really continue your growth because you made a lot of growth here. So yeah. So then the next day, I they had one of the transport people come out in a in a truck and they and they drove me to the base. Then I looked at myself in the mirror 
and it was my first time looking at, this, at myself in the mirror like my whole time there wow and it was the weirdest experience like i can't i can't describe it like looking at yourself in the mirror after not looking at yourself at all for three months is the weirdest experience my hair had gotten probably like four inches longer like it, it felt like that and like and like my you know my hair was down into my nipples and like <laughs> um kind of like my chest area and my and my facial hair was like you know it was like you know pubescent boy facial hair but it was a lot of, it was the most facial hair i had ever had and like i just remember like looking at myself and just like thinking like wow like i am i have really matured and i felt that way too and then i put on my i put on my like regular clothes too i put on my own clothes which is i, I definitely felt like that was a definitely a more special experience for me like kind of like because i've been in these clothes that like the program had given me and um it just kind of like that comfortability of being in your own clothes is, is a great experience as well and then, yeah, then my parents were there and they were there to, to drive me to Gateway. And, you know, I, I drove with my family and just talked with them about my experience. And my sister was there and it was super nice to see my sister because I hadn't seen her because she didn't come out for the for the family visit. A lot of it was a lot of emotions because I was only with my parents for three, three ish hours before they dropped me off at Gateway. But and but, you know, I was I was happy that I was leaving elements and moving on. But at the same time, I was super sad because I wasn't going home. Um, and I, I ended up being at Gateway for 13 months before I went home. So yeah, like that's kind of how everything kind of like wrapped up at Elements. Wow. So 13 months at Gateway, and so yeah. now you're not living in wilderness anymore, but you are doing uh, adventure sports and wilderness sports through Gateway. Yeah, yeah. Because like now, like like a lot of kids that I've been in touch with, like they they and they kind of stopped the, the adventure sports, kind of like that. They were that like that we were doing at Gateway and in at elements and stuff for me like i it really 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 struck kind of like a place of i guess like passion for me and like yeah like you know like i love mountain biking and i love rock climbing and i do i do one of those things pretty much every day after school and it, it is i i find it it is a a really good way for me to kind of just let out some negative energy and put it into something positive but also i've made a lot more healthier connections through these through the through the rock climbing and the and the biking you know like i find that the most positive connections that i have and friendships are with the people who do who i can go rock climbing with or who can i or who i can go um mountain biking with that has to be one of the hardest parts of this because the reality is you can't go back to the same people that drug you down the first time you know totally yeah like i've had to totally restart um, I, I mean, I, I went to, yeah, like I started at a new school, like, um, totally new friend group. And I actually, the honest truth is I really don't hang out with kids my age. Cause I find it's just too immature. Cause mm -hmm. I find that, um, I get very frustrated when I, when I hang out with kids my age now, cause I've gained all these adult skills, right. such a, at such an early part of my life. I feel that I'm the only adult there when I'm hanging out with my friends who are 17, 18, even people who are a little bit older than me, I feel like I feel so frustrated because it's like, you really feel like I'm much more emotionally and mentally mature than them. I mean, like they, they may be older than me, but I think I make healthier decisions and well, dude, you've, you've been through it. <laughs> I, I try to surround myself with like more mature people, people who are a little bit in their, in their twenties and stuff like that. Cause they just find it's like, it's just like less games and drama, you know, it's just, Definitely, you know, and I can. It's definitely healthier too. I find. Well, that's wise. You know, when you go through a life changing experience like you did, then uh, 
you find that you know you have to to find your new normal your new your new group you know and that's what you're describing and i think that that's appropriate it's totally appropriate but hate to tell you this tom you'll still find immature kids in their 40s and 50s too yeah <laughs> it's just yeah. real life yeah yeah you know totally. so that's the way it is sometimes Well, I love your story, man. I am uh, really impressed with all the hard work that you did to come out to uh, such a good experience now. And now you've got a new life and a new beginning and a lot of hope for the future. What does it feel like now? Can kind of compare how life was before and how it is now. Um, Yeah, like it's such a crazy like kind of like comparison, you know, and it's something that kind of it shocks me to kind of look back at the things that I was doing because I don't, I don't see it as a necessarily like a change in who I am. I think it is a coming back to who I am. Cause I, it definitely was, I, I definitely was somebody else before I went to wilderness. I definitely was somebody who, who, you know, wasn't my authentic self. And now I feel like I, I am my like authentic self times like a hundred also plus those skills that I learned. The, like, like the comparison is is really it's a it's it, you know it's it's a lot to look at you know it's like it's a lot to to kind of like take in for me i don't even recognize myself who like the person who i was like three years ago yeah it really is just like an amazing comparison but i really think that in a weird way i'm glad that i i did all those negative things because like if i if i didn't end up doing that i wouldn't have gone to wilderness i wouldn't have yeah like gone to gateway and learned all those skills so i mean i wouldn't really change anything about it though you know if i look at like the end product of what i've been through it's so much better than like even even if i hadn't struggled because i feel like i kind of came out more mature than i would have if i if i hadn't done any of that negative stuff you know sometimes that's what it takes and we, each person on the planet has their own life story. Some people had a, a dramatic turnaround like you did, you know, a, a big life-changing experience. Uh, for some people, it might be a little bit more incremental, but everybody has to continue to grow and to, to live. You know, one of the definitions of what is life versus something that's non-living is metabolism. And that means that you're actually using energy and growing. And you know what I mean? So if you're not yeah, growing, you have to ask, am I really living? So what you went through, I I can see how that would just kind of give you the complete reboot, but not just a reboot, but a fresh foundation to build on. Check out bikeparts.com for all your cycling gear. They have a wide selection of over 60,000 bike parts and accessories. You can find everything you need, including tires, chains, tools, frame bags, cycling apparel, and even complete bicycles. They've got established brands like Shimano, SRAM, and Campagnolo, as well as the latest and greatest products from brands like Wolftooth, Physic, Zip, and Raceface. Need suggestions or have a question about what fits your bike? Their knowledgeable staff will answer any questions and get you rolling as quickly as possible. If you're in the great state of Colorado, stop by their full-service bike shop, Peak Cycles, in downtown Golden. Check out bikeparts.com. Here's a question. 
you know, in this program, you've got the program itself, which is carefully orchestrated to help you, right? You have the counselors. They're there doing their jobs to keep you safe and, and to teach you skills and all that sort of thing. You have the wilderness itself, just nature. And then you also have what I would call the wilderness skills. You know, people would, might call it bushcraft or something like that. Uh, all of those things work together. Do you feel like one of those things was more pronounced as far as making a difference? I think this is a little bit more specific, but there were a few of the staff who were there that had actually been to wilderness and they really understood like what it was like to be a kid in wilderness therapy. And I think those staff were the people who like, who really helped me because they, because they understood, they fully could grasp how it felt and they, and, and they could accommodate us based on their knowledge. I think they definitely imp- impacted me the most because they kind of came out in a very healthy way and they did good things with their lives. And it's probably, it's, it's one of the things that inspires me to, you know, once I'm old enough and once I have the education to go back and work in wilderness therapy, because I think that again, I have the perspective of somebody who's been through that. Right. And I think that perspective can really um, make a difference in somebody in somebody who is in wilderness therapy's life. Mm. Well, I know the reason, Tom, that you wanted to come on the show and share this was because it made such a huge impact for you. And now you're you're looking at dedicating a chunk of your life to this. You really believe in it. What would you say to to other kids who are struggling with substance abuse? What would you say to their families? about what steps should be taken next yeah i think something that i i would like to say is just like for the parents like it if you if you have the resources to put your child in in a program like that or if you have the resources to put your child um in a similar situation i definitely would and it's really hard like i can tell from my parents kind of like explanation of it like it's really hard to send your your, your child like away from you but I think it again it's 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 hard now easy later versus if you if you continue kind of like going down that path at a young age it's gonna be it's gonna seem like it's easy it's gonna it's gonna backfire some at some point in your life and I definitely yeah I think just address the situation early and really like work with whoever has has the substance abuse issue or any issue like that in general if you, yeah, like you just, just like approach the situation where you're, where you're trying to nip it in the bud before, before anything kind of like major happens and also just like have compassion. Cause there's like, there is definitely a reason why somebody uses drugs. There's definitely a reason why somebody, you know, uses co- like negative coping skills and that's because like they're, they're really hurting inside and it, and it really is a, is like a subconscious message for help in retrospect that definitely was all the negative things that I was doing was just like a big call for help, a big, you know, like subconscious, like I need help to my parents, to my friends, to, to, you know, to teachers, to who, you know, to, to everybody in my life. Yeah. I think just like acknowledging that, that, that kind of like, yeah. And, and like, if you, if you are going through, you know, a substance abuse problem yourself, just acknowledging that you are hurting and like, and like you deserve to have the resources to help yourself and to help others. Beautiful. Very beautiful. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people on this show now. I don't know if you know this, Tom, but we have over 400 episodes. And uh, 
don't think I've ever done a full interview with someone your age. I don't feel like I'm oh, talking really? to a 17-year-old. I feel like I'm talking to a 30-something-year-old. <laughs> Thank you. But the reason I say that is because you grabbed the the horns of life and you bulldogged it, man. You wrestled that and you did that tough work that you're talking about. You beat those inner demons and you came out the other side and now you've got a message and a purpose. And there aren't many 17-year-olds that can say that. So yeah, it does. congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Any last thoughts before we call it an episode? I just want to thank Elements and thank my parents and thank Neil, my therapist, and yeah, and thank you know everybody who helped me through this and help and all of my supports and Cooper, my other therapist at Gateway, and yeah, and just like some of the other kids that you know really took a positive turn like me on on their experience and um at Wilderness. You know, I don't feel comfortable saying their names, but yeah, like I just want to thank everybody who really. You know, yeah, he really just like supported me through everything, and yeah, th- and thank you, Kurt, for having me on because I, I I was thinking for a little bit whether I, whether I should reach out to you guys, and now I feel very very strongly. I'm glad that I, I did it because for a long time, like I, like ever since I left Gateway and went home, I've really wanted to just like tell so many people, but I think like just like finding the right place and the right time to do it is very important just so you don't let out too much. And, you know, cause I think, I think, it, I think it can be, you know, pretty heavy for some people. Um, so thank you for having me. Cause I think this, that this is the perfect way to kind of get it started. Cause I definitely, you know, want to write a book. I definitely, you know, kind of want to do more talks and yeah, again, eventually become a wilderness therapist. Cause yeah, yeah. Like you said, I, I have a purpose to really change kids lives. Like, like, like my life was changed. Right on. Hey, listeners out there. If uh, you would like for Tom to to speak at some event where you are, I'm going to say this. Contact us, and we'll let Tom know, and uh, that way um, we can we can help out a little bit. Tom, there are thousands and thousands of people that just heard your story. I don't know if you know how many people listen to our show, but many thousands of people just heard your story. And some of those people need the exact help that you got. And I can almost guarantee you that most of those people know someone who needs the help that you got. So, listeners, forward this podcast to the people that need to hear it. And if you are one of those people, then reach out. Get that help. You know, it's worth turning your life around. We talk about adventure sports, and we end every show by saying, get out there and have some fun. But there's a reason for this. You know, the stuff works. You can can have a healthy life. And uh, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the Adventure Sports yeah, Podcast to you. share it. We we just really appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. And, you know, it seems almost silly to say it, but I have to. When I say get out there and have some fun this time, you know what I mean. You can escape the demons. You can have some real fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the most fun of it I've, I've ever had. Yeah, like just like rock climbing in Zion with my friends who were also at, at Gateway. I like look back at that and I really just like think like that was like pure fun and the pure and the purest fun feels the healthiest. Again, I would like to echo that and really encourage everybody to get out there. And, you know, if you live in a city, like find like a rock climbing gym or just like just exercise in general just can really help. And, you know, it's it's easier said than done, but 
Um, but yeah, like just research like other options that, you know, like, and, and really get, really get involved in something that, you know, becomes like a ritual for you. Right on. You know what? I could not have said it better myself. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode with Tom Anderson. What a powerful story from a youngster in the adventure community. I hope his story helps others out there. Please do pass on this show to someone who might need to hear Tom's story. And make sure you don't miss our first Outside the Box series episode on Friday. That's going to be for Patreon members only. So make sure you sign up on patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast and you'll be ready to get it. Until then, get out and have some fun. <laughs>